Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi everybody, Russell by Hammers 11. Hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you're made aware of any time we put new content on. As always, we'd like to thank our channel sponsors, Untuck It. Check them out in the description below. Today's guest, um, he's been busy. You know, he's, he's released a book, which we're going to talk about in a minute. It's Alex Montague. Hi Alex, how are you, man? Hey, you alright, Russ? How are you doing? I'm very well. How's things with you, buddy? Uh, things are good. Things are like everyone a bit strange but good um yeah, yeah bit of an insane day but that's nothing that interesting um west ham seemed to be good so that's weird <laughs> something's <laughs> working and yeah really happy with the book i've put out i'm gonna put a quick bit of product placement if that's all right go for it put it, put it in frame put it, leave it in frame we're all right here um yeah. it's, it's called the iron circle the tower and uh, available on amazon of course yeah from amazon um wherever anywhere in the world it's available on the appropriate amazons as well oh brilliant cool yeah Um, and and it's a go it's a west ham ghost story it is yes so the iron circle is first of all the name of the series that i've planned sure um this particular book is the tale of harry thomas uh so the Iron Circle are, in a sense, a a firm, not necessarily in a hooligan sense, but a yeah. unofficial supporters group that <laughs> s- started with um, since Thames Ironworks up to present day. And um, in this story, in present in sort of current day, twenty twenty, a man called Gav Goldstein, basically because he's the more sort of literary one, I mean, he's an architect, he's older than yeah. the rest. Um, he's sort of tasked with basically trying to put together a history of this firm, of this supporters group, because sure. um, it's all a bit sort of hearsay, a bit of oral history. Um, in the yeah. process, he comes across the diary <clears throat> of his uh, great-grandfather, who is Harry Thomas. Ah. And, and that's where we lead into Harry's experience, um, which is, um, so it's during World War II, and 
obviously East London, which was very badly hit. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of basically the, the rest of the Iron Circle are fighting in the wall, all except Harry. So um, okay. obviously there's a lot of, sort of current day metaphors for losing football in the sense of attending. Obviously we have it on TV. Sure. But, yeah. Um, his sort of sociable life of sort of Upton Park, East London, Pie and Mash, you know, Jelly Deals, everything. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah kind of taken away and he sort of left to fend for himself. So a man sort of taken out of his, um, out of his tribe or sort of his sort of prey that's left the flock. Yeah. And the viewers would have to read to know the details, but in a sense he's been left to his own devices and without the protection of his peers, he's exposed oh. a lot of um, sort of um, sinister elements and yeah, so sounds that's really cool summary really yeah yeah sounds really cool man it's, and it's it's nice because it's about you know and you'll always although it's although you know it's uh it's a it's a in essence it's a ghost story type thing but because it's got so much relevance to west ham it's like that that's what that's what puts my interest up because you know you don't really get rest west ham in, in a literary sense do you so it's nice to rather to appear appearance of that that's instance so yeah that sounds fantastic mate and then has um, it been a been selling well so far good yeah um yeah I was, I was lucky enough to be with the boys on uh stuff hammer time the other week yeah good boys since then they've done me a favor so a lot of selling um all the feedback i've had is has been positive as well which is always nice yeah. um i mean i'm i mean i'm this isn't a marketing thing i'm not really into all that as much as i should be um but i am really sort of happy with with the book how it's turned out i'm <laughs> it's hard to be modest and sell myself yeah no i know what you mean i don't mean well, you're I not good i think i'm sort of really good at writing i'm sort of not a writer so i'm not someone that's done creative writing ph sure. or anything um i my job isn't wordy at all um yeah but i think that kind of complements it and um i'm like you kind of touched on i've approached it as a west Ham fan rather than as a writer yeah in a sense so it's not got sort of those elusive uh references to jane austen or whatever it's yeah so it's quite a little populist in that way but um yes yeah that's yeah. the word yeah yeah that's the word and, yeah. and, and and but it's also when you know if you're if you're into into if you're into something it's a lot easier and and you you, you put your all in it you know if it's something you're not interested in so it's like i mean this podcast this whole channel youtube thing if i wasn't really a west ham well i am west ham if i wasn't you know yeah. you'd, you'd get bored after 10 15 not 230 interviews or something like that now so it's um it's the same thing and so you know and that that will cut that comes naturally through in in your writing or it comes naturally through and when i'm presenting because i'm really enthusiastic yeah. and that's the same thing with you uh, and the same as the the, the the podcast guys the hammer time or we are west ham or all the all the other guys because they enjoy it it, it comes through from the screen or on the page so uh I, although you said you're not yeah you know it's not your not, you, you know so you're not somewhere you know your, your job's not a writing job doesn't matter does it because it's it's, it's what, what you love doing and, 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 and works, you know, so i'm not yeah trying to be clever yeah. i mean i gave up on that years ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's a difficult balance because um i mean about 50 percent of of writing it um, which was something I'd done almost spontaneously in lockdown, you know, so yeah. took advantage of a dire situation. Um, it's sort of not, not being, not being too West Ham-y to put off 
ghost story fans, but not being yeah. too horror to put off West Ham fans that aren't into horror. I mean, you read, yeah. you read like, because I do read a lot, but um, if you read like Stephen King, it's it's heavy, you know, it's a yeah, little bit yeah. quite dark. And I'm not, that's not criticism, but, you know, you're yeah. tired of the way I'm from work. It's, it's getting that balance right. So it's, yeah. so it, it's, and you, I mean, it's the same with it's the same. It's, it's a bit, bit the same with me. I have to get the balance right, you know, because mm-hmm. like you know, I've got people who are, you know, really you know, just because obviously just the way people respond to uh, the way I don't know the way the organisation the club is at the moment, and and you know, so you have to be a, have to be quite balanced, and you have to sort of yeah. as you said, you can't be too one way, not the other way, because then it's like oh, well, he's only thinking of that, or he's only thinking of that. So it's the same with your writing. You said you don't want to be too West Hammy, so it alienates everybody who's not mm. a West Ham fan. But similarly, you want to appeal to the, the the ghost story fans as well. So it can't be littered with with loads of references about Frank McAvilly, you know, <laughs> for example. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. <laughs> No, I did. Um, yeah, I did have to do lots of research of, sort of World War Two, um, or sort of nineteen forties players. But that actually turned out to be great. Um, yeah. I, I mean, when I do my Hammers Eleven, um, yeah, I'll sort of, that will come into play as well. I've I've gone a bit eccentric in, in how it's lined up. But really? no, that's all good, man. That's all good. That's all yeah. good. So, so obviously, as you said, West Ham are keeping us. On our toes, um, as you said, they're, very, they're doing very well at the moment. They're doing all right at the moment, aren't they? It's a bit of a shock. We're doing all right at the moment, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shock. But it, I don't think it's all been rub off the green, and you know, I've, no, that's right, that's right. Uh, I mean, I'm, I don't want to go into sort of maybe slightly hackneyed debates, but um, personally, I've U-turned in my view of Moyes. Yeah, um, I think what we've got is a well thought out unit i think he's doing a lot of things that pellegrini wouldn't have in a positive way and mm. vice versa if, if that makes sense you know yeah, um yeah i mean my my biggest fear to the point that i'm even scared of saying it now and i'm a ghost story writer <laughs> is um i really hope this upsurge isn't to do with the fact that they've been in an empty stadium i mean i'm i don't think it is. like i say i think it's more yeah. to do with um, I mean, a lot of people have been given chances in the current West Ham team, which ain't really that common in modern football. Yeah. So you think Antonio's in his, or the word be, um, hopefully a renaissance and not a swan song. Yes. But, you know, he, this must be the best of his career. Well, we've had him since 2016. And, um, I mean, I, I won't criticise sort of any season he's had, but there's seasons where he's not been as good as he is now. Let's, let's yeah. be nice like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Balbuena, you know, his first season was great. Second season, something was not seen in him. Yeah. Now he's played again, and I think he's done really well. You know, um, I guess in a sense, Moyes has given a, a second chance or yeah. more chance, second yeah. um, and sort of raising through players in my head. But I'm gonna think. It's true. You know, I've been humbled this season where players have been like, "Ah, oh, drop him, drop him, drop him." Well, keep playing him, and you know he's he's smashing it at the moment. Yes. So maybe there's something to said with a bit of the long game, even though it's been a bit of a back and forth game. <laughs> in a way, it's a long game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, I've I've called it. Um, I've coined the phrase, and I've coined it now, so you can't use it. It's called as trademark now. It's called moist. Right. Yeah. Moist. <laughs> 
moisification it's a verb to moisify mm -hmm. and basically he he moisifies players into different players so he said antonio he's moisified from a uh, a right winger really to a central striker he did it run out of it exact same thing yeah. Cresswell, yeah, yeah. he's done it he's done it with masuaku you know you go through the team and yeah, you're mm. right. The unit he's bringing together are, are bloody. You know, they they fight for the game. You know, they 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 put a shift in, and I think we love to see that. And uh, you can see something, can't you? You can see yeah. a framework being built. Um, it might be because he's keeping the same formation, but you can see a framework being built, and that's the first time I can remember seeing something since. Mm. Probably the Allardyce years, I say quietly. But you know, Sam had a Sam had a vision of what he wanted to do with his team, didn't he? And he built the 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 blocks to make that team. Yeah. Pellegrini, we never really saw that. Billich, we never really saw a, a a project, so to speak. When everyone talks about the project, they wanted you know, I want to I want to sign to the club because I'm really keen about the project, it's not the 150 grand that I'm being paid a week, but it's the project, isn't it? Um, yeah. but Pellegrini didn't really. He's just he was just buying players. It seemed. When Moyes is definitely getting this, there's definitely some building blocks there. So, as you said, you know, he's he's, he's done the job. I mean, he came in to do the job twice now. He's keep us up twice. Yeah, he's done yeah. it twice. And so we'll see what happens. Well, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you mentioned, um, well, I mean, we mentioned Cresswell. I think you said Masuaku. Yeah, yeah. But before it was Cresswell or Masuaku. And Masuaku yes. uh, is, is not comfortable in defence. and. No. As I said, he's not defender. I mean, what I've seen loads, and he's always his best at an even more spell, is when he's bounding up that win mm. and attacking, or should I say, passing, uh, um, you know, a good ball for the attackers. But yeah. um, go back slightly. With, um, I mean, I'm saying this partly out of self indulgence, so I'll be quick, but with sort of Billich and Allardyce, um, or, yeah. you know, the other way around chronologically, is um, when you had the Allardyce team, you sort of had a very organised, well-structured, but dare I say, slightly boring yeah, yeah. team. Yeah. And then when Bilic took in, he sort of inherited that structure and then sort of threw in a few sort of loon lunatics in terms of Hyatt, <laughs> Lanzini, and, um, well, yeah, let's just say in terms of impacts or them two. Yeah, yeah. The problem is, is then the season over, uh, season after, then Bilic sort of carried on adding these sort of players that didn't really fit and then that's why sort of the project sort of crumbled yeah so yeah, I, f I think this is a case of sort of extravagance mixed with organization and to be a good team or someone to be a good manager it's finding that balance yeah it's true it's yeah. true and i think and i think he's i and we know that obviously you know obviously we had the fulham game and everyone like you mm. know Oh, you know, we, you know, we should have torn them apart. But you know, how many times, Alex, have yeah. we played yeah. badly and lost? We 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 didn't play well and we won. And it's like, you know, that's that's a big stepping stone for us. You know, <laughs> I can't remember playing badly and winning. Do you know what I mean? Maybe in the maybe in the championship. Yeah. But um, it's I, thought, I just think I thought we we played. I thought we played okay. I mean, it's one of them things where we hit the bar twice. So yeah. you know, a matter of a few centimeters and would have three goals yeah. uh, yeah. if you don't trust chaos theory too much you know it could have been the case yeah i thought actually alaire played very well Obviously, he's a bit under scrutiny um yeah. but i thought he did right in fulham but yeah as everyone expected a six nil trump in that sort of um i don't know i thought it was going to sort of 
was, I did think it was going to be a draw, a nil-nil draw. Yeah, and about yeah. the 90th minute, I was annoyed that I was all right. It really happens. Yeah. But then luckily, South. <laughs> and then, uh, then Lukman saved that, saved the day. So, yeah. no, good old Lukman. And, and again, something like that, that never goes our way either. You know what I mean? It's like that. I don't remember anyone ever doing that. You know, last minute, he, you know, most people just try to thump it in. But I've just, I've just got a feeling. I mean, it's going to be, uh, you know, and to be honest, yeah, the Allardyce years were boring and the, and the Kerbishley years were a bit boring in a way in terms of the football. Yeah. But um, yeah. I could do with a couple of them at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Just to, just to sort of like get some sort of yeah. just calm down, you know, and then feel <laughs> because it seems. Case of stability, I mean, it's, yeah. and it's again what I alluded to earlier, it's actually sort of holding on a bit and maybe letting players or even managers pass through their rut yeah. can be beneficial. I, you know, I, I know it's very sort of rare in the modern game, but um, yeah, I mean, that's sort of the result of, you know, that's what we see now is a result of that. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll see. I mean, we'll see, you know, we just don't know where Stan. That's the no. them. We just don't know. And so um but I yeah, I'm I'm quite I'm quite confident for this season, which is very rare. You know, it's like I, you know, I've got a feeling we'll be, you know, obviously I hope he says, touching wood, that uh, we'll be safe by, you know, or not safe, but we'll have a, a fair whack of points by the end of the year, meaning that we can hopefully have a go in the cup. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like, you know, that that's the only issue. That's why we never we'll never do well in the Carabao Cup because it starts in September or October, you know, and then August that time. So, you know, you're too busy about getting worried about getting the, the wins and getting the points on. By January, you know how your season's sort of going, bar a complete meltdown. Um okay. so we'll see. We'll see. But no, it's uh, it's, it's also, by January, if you're doing terribly, then your priority is the league. If you're doing really well, then your priority is the league. So it's exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which could well be that then maybe you can look at a cup as sort of your, I wouldn't say plan B because we're not going to win the league, but, you know, it's, it's a, maybe a bit more emphasis. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, I've... As I've I've got uh, I've got all confidence in Moyes, and I never I never used to say that. Uh, as I, said, I was similar I to you. I've, uh, I've seen signs to give him it. I mean, you know, yes. it could be from now on we lose every game and we both look like absolute fools. But exactly, exactly. Hindsight's a great thing, and being West Ham, we we could well lose the next couple of games just yeah. because it's West Ham, um, and then all those all that hard work before has been has been ruined but um it's the west ham way isn't it alex basically to be perfect yeah, um, we survive <laughs> relegation by, by three points and thank god for the fun game so exactly yeah the last game southampton isn't it i think i think our last home game southampton so hopefully we won't get to that because uh knowing our luck but Anyway, and, and yeah. also, actually, Alex, while we're talking about football now, um, you know, with the obviously all the, all the being on TV all the time, do you watch it with the crowd noise on or the crowd noise off? Um, I, if I have a choice, I have it off. To be honest, yes, yeah. yeah. But um, sometimes I just watch what what's playing on whatever's on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, find, yeah. I mean, I, so. I, to have the crowd noise, I like. I mean, um, yeah. since I was little, I've liked that kind of white noise you get at games. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. You think about what's happening. Um, I don't know, really. It's, it's not my 
cup of tea. I also, maybe it's a more tactical geeky side of me. I like to hear the players shouting. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. You're at a match um, sometimes. But uh, yeah, I quite like that. When uh, when Celtic was new. Yeah. It's one bit where uh, I'm probably going to get this wrong. I apologize. But um, I think he sort of instructed to Noble or some to stay back. Yeah. Which meant he went forward, and then I think that's when he got his first head. I mean, I'm paraphrasing reality. <laughs> I've probably butchered it. <laughs> so, see that communication is, uh, or hear it, see it, whatever, is I quite like personally. Yeah. It's but, interesting. It's interesting to hear the players shouting and stuff and, yeah. and who shouts. And, and, and we have quite a vocal. We have quite a vocal team, I think, just on and off the bench. You know what I mean? In terms of obviously your, you know, the, the Kevin Nolans and Stuart Pierce's and you know David Moyes, and obviously they, you can hear them. And I'm, although although you mentioned about the, the crowds coming back, I, I'm I'm sort of I'm I'm a bit similar to you. I, I mean, I was looking the other day, and I don't think it's and this is just me again hypothesizing. I haven't really done the maths properly yet, but I am pretty sure that the teams around the bottom of the league at the moment mm-hmm. are the teams with the smaller grounds, so the tighter grounds. And so where the crowd noise does make a difference when players are at home. Um that's that's my view. And particularly yeah. the, the championship based teams as well, bar Leeds, I think Leeds are an exception. But you know, West Brom, Fulham, they need the crowd to give them the extra 10%. Because they were good. Mm. Fulham were a good team. They played well against us the other day. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah no, I will do some analysis on that because event uh, because it's it's my theory at the moment. So we'll see. That's why we. Ha- I don't think there's been much of a difference, you know, in terms of us with uh with the crowd not being there. Because I think actually, you know, it's quite a big ground already. And it's like, you know, but then talking to some of the ex-players and they say, you know, with no with the crowd gives them an extra 15, 20%, they reckon, of their performance if if they're not uh, if they're not feeling great or they've got a you know a bit of a sniffle or whatever. So look, we'll see. It is what it is, isn't it? I mean, there's there's talk of coming back next month. Yeah, I mean I've, I think we forget these people are humans and I think we put their yeah. weight of reason to say or do or think anything we want about them. But yes. um if if I had sixty thousand people watching me work, I'd have a heart attack, a panic attack. You know, Christ and the young lads, like there's, yeah, you know, I'm, I'll, yeah, I'm thirty two, and what? Okay, apart from Fabianski and I think Noble, I'm older than half the squad. Yeah, I look up as these big gallant soldiers that fight yeah. for the. Youngs. You know, I'm older than them. You know, you see them sort of in their normal clothes, and they're like young youths. <laughs> yeah, so, no, it's a good point. It's a, it's a good point. I You're know, right. I know they paid a lot of money, blah blah blah. But yeah, talking of hackney debates, I, money sort of doesn't really cover emotion or nervousness no. or, or impact or anything. So no, you're right. But yeah, no, um, no. There's there's a guy that I did this other thing with, uh, Mark Gower, who he looks yeah, at state. Mark- I know Michael, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it looks at stadiums and um, architecture. Yeah. And it's all about a lot about that, about how um, it's sort of the inside the stadiums affects the players. Because also, we, a lot of focus on how it affects fans, but no, it's about the players. And yeah, I was thinking, um, you know, I think when they put the claret carpet, and now it's gone off the radar, but they have brought the two uh, stands behind have, the goal. Yeah. It looks good. I think it looks good. It does, does. I don't yeah, think we're. Okay, trying to be neutral as a 
Alex wanted you right at capacity. But um, <laughs> I, I don't think we're far off from a much better stadium. No, um, already, it's, you know, we've got things to sort out. But um, I, I also think, not, not to ramble, but um, so in the mornings, I, I walk past the stadium every day. Sure. And whatever we think of the, the new stadium, whatever we think of the move, every time <clears throat> every time I walk past, I I want to jump over that fence. I, there's no game on, but metaphorically, yeah. I want to jump over, run up and sit in one of them chairs. And I really yeah. hope... <sighs> when, when we do get back to football, the first games are going to be some sort of weird socially distanced thing. Yes. Yeah. I'm not having a go. I don't know how to do these things, but it's not going to be Grand West Ham, you know, with no. an East End accent. You know, it's, yeah. But I think when there's a point... Uh, I, I don't know, you know, let's just say there's a point where we can go back to West Ham as close as it was. Yeah. I I think it's down to us to to make make that home and make it better because for yeah. all the problems, I, I, I want to go back, uh, like really, like... I think it know. makes you... I think it make, makes you appreciate, um, you know, I'm, I'm a believer of the adage, you don't know what you've got to, it's gone. And mm. that more so, you know, I've had people on the channel and... They've said, you know, it's a bit like going to, it's a bit like a chore going to West Ham, but it's a chore they want to start doing again. Um, and I think people yeah. will, it will be, and again, it's not, it's not necessarily the football, it's the community, isn't it? It's seeing each other, it's going to the, the same pubs, it's going to the boats or the supporters club or all that type of stuff. And I think, I think people really, I think, I think people, I think when, when you get, when you, when we all get back, people will realize how much they've missed it. Do you know what I mean? And so... Yeah, also, it is, it is just the building. And yeah, Upton Park, at, at least at one point, was just the building. It's mm. it's us that soaked into them walls. It's our shouting. It's our emotion. Yeah. In, in my book, um, I sort of touch upon that, but obviously transfer it to the stories. Yeah. Those bricks would seeped in sort of feeling and emotion. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that the first game at Upton Park, however that was. There was blokes going in there going like, oh, this ain't Hermit Road. <laughs> this is corporate <laughs> running. Oh, they're pies, pies, bloody hell. Yeah. But then, you know, new buildings and new everything take about 100 years for the corners to wear off and to sort yeah. of have a bit of feeling. I mean, I'm not saying a stadium will take 100 years. But yeah. I'm saying all this, not criticising anyone that's criticised the stadium, more as I've... I've been thinking about stuff a lot lately and sort of reviewing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I say, I'll, I'll, I want to jump over the, those walls and, and get back in that stadium. Yeah. You know, it is, it's, it's, it's never sure personally, but oh, I want to go back. Like, now. No. <laughs> You're right. You are totally right. It's one of those things where, I mean, I'm very fortunate that I'm there every game. And mm -hmm. so I, and I, I know. Can give us a fun cup. <laughs> yeah, I get to park <laughs> get to driving i haven't had to get the train for ages um and i know i'm very 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 privileged position um and i miss everyone being there because it's just it's just like yeah. you know and it unfortunately it's all everyone talks about it being this little bowl and empty and obviously it is at the moment and it's the sooner we get it filled in the better and i think yeah the they've brought in the sides they've straightened them up and i think it looks good i think it looks really nice i think you know um and and as you said i, I don't think there's i think there's a little bit of development work needed 
who knows when that will be you know it could be sooner rather than later if you know if if newspaper reports are meant to be believed in terms of people you know with the stadium ownership and stuff like that but um i think it's it, there's a good foundation there and as you said yeah people who went to upton park when they went moved to upton park where he had a big old moan up and you yeah. know so much history in there that naturally there's going to be some it's like when you move house you know i remember i remember moaning about moving house with my wife because i'd have to get a bus to the station where i used to walk to the station and after mm. about five minutes five ten yeah i i got used to it and you, you found a different way a different pub a different and it's it's life unfortunately but it, i mean the thing about the london stadium now particularly for my wife and my daughter is my daughter's eight years old so she knows west ham only have been at London Stadium. She doesn't know about Upton Park, although she's been there. I made sure she was been there. And it's for the next generation. It's a horrible thing, but it's not for our generation. It's for the next generations, for the next 99 years, or whatever the lease is, or 96 years. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to that day everyone gets back. I just think it'll be a lot. Uh, it'll be a very emotional day, I think, when everyone gets back. Yeah, I think we do. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd sound maybe like an apologist for New Stadium, but um, I think we do owe a lot to the kids. I mean, my, my boy, he's only 18 months. So, yeah. I mean, he has actually been to the ground to watch the women's game uh, against yeah. Tottenham. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's, he enjoyed the train ride there thoroughly. He slept during the whole match and then woke up when we left and enjoyed the train ride back. So, but next game <laughs> he'll go to, he'll, he'll love it. Um, yeah. I mean, that infamous Burnley game where there was, you know, people got on the pitch um, yeah. and you them West Ham kids had to sort of hide out in the Burnley dugout. That was what's that telling them? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want the other extreme where you have this modern, sanitised football. Um, you know, I, when I went West Ham as a kid in Upton Park, it was rough. It was ready. You would yeah you hear and see some things that um, you wouldn't repeat in the schoolyard the next day or on a Monday. But on the other hand, you don't want kids hiding from their own, from their own crowd and being scared. And that's what they experience of going football is because, you know, if that's what it is, mine was a lot better. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm suggesting a lot of things without much logistics. <laughs> there we go. Oh, well, well let's, let, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about nostalgia. Alex. Yeah. It's so, so, the, so the first question I ask 29 minutes in now, Jackie. 29 <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> so that'd be good. Is why are you a West Ham fan, Alex? What's your story, mate? Uh, it's hereditary, like some <laughs> tropical, uh, some like some disease. Um, yeah, yeah. So my uh, my dad support, supported West Ham. Obviously, he's no longer with us, unfortunately. Um, since since he was a little kid, and his dad. Um, you know, and my granddad supported West Ham. Yeah. I'm doing the maths, and if you go back further, I don't think you've got that much left of West Ham in existence, really. So it's, it's sort of been around in the family. They were East London. I mean, I get told I have a very North London voice, but I, that's where I'm growing up. But no, you sort of half second generation Cockney, I guess you would say. Yeah. Um, and with uh, with the book, a, a lot of it is um, sort of the old, sort of family stories about East London during the war. You know, my, some of that was a sort of typical baby boomer, you know, born 46. Yeah. So um, 
So yeah, right well, in the middle of here. Grew up in, in bomb sites, you know, that's where they played. Yeah. So there's a lot of old stories. I, I mean, a, a small thing with this book, it's it's not an over, over, overriding thing, but it's nowadays, I don't know, it's, do we, I mean, you don't want to sort of live too much in the past, but do we still mm-hmm. think about the, the war? I don't know, maybe sort of examine our relationship. It seems like we're sort of, we're obsessed about it for decades and then sort of threw it to the wayside. Well, oh, well, that happened. It went that long ago. And mm. I did sort, of, sort of sweep it under rug, rug, whereas truth is, you know, sort of growing up with old war stories, especially from my nan, it's sort of always sort of been fascinated. Not so much the sort of history of, you know, Germany invaded Poland in rubber, but more the sort of cultural. I mean, this is a cultural book as well as a ghost book of a in this case sort of east london in that era and sort of it went through hell and as a result it sort of produced or sort of kept going this this people that sort of ever loved almost throughout the world now yeah um so i deviate from the question but yes yeah, so. <laughs> the question oh god yeah my life stream yeah. just bad, I have a bad habit of cutting myself off because I think, oh God, I'm rambling, I'm rambling. So well, with Russ, I'm just going to ramble and he can cut everything yeah, out. Well, <laughs> that's possible. the thing. But someone, um, someone, said, someone said to me once, how long the videos going for? Oh, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> no, um, but no, so I can't remember the first game I went to. Yeah. I remember one. Oh God, it must have been about six. I've heard it might have been Derby, but I don't remember any of the game. But I remember being in a crowd, you know, being yeah. in a stand. And, you know, I remember it well. It was the West Stand um, back when, obviously, before they ta- they did it up, and you had sort of concrete columns right in front of you and couldn't see yeah, after the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. I remember, you know, I was sort of quite, an, believe it or not, quite a naughty kid. So to be put in a place where grown men could shout really loudly and you can jump up and down was, yeah. was amazing. You know, oh my god. <laughs> Out. It's like, yeah. <laughs> um, but the first game I really remember, I was older, I was about 10, and it was Barnsley, and it was a 6 0. Yeah. No, if it's every year, sort of West Ham official page sort of puts out the highlights, and that's how I can work out how long I've supported West Ham. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah it was a false advertisement because I thought, bloody hell, support West Ham's great. You know, we won 6 0. It's easy. Yeah. Me hooked <laughs> like some opioid <laughs> and then now the rest is just being uh, strained at times but yeah yes yeah, that's a good way to say it yeah and it, it's true i mean i think my my first game it was against oxford united <laughs> oxford united but it was i still had a bit of west ham about it because like we conceded within 30 seconds of the game kicking off so there you know that's that's brilliant because you know a little you know whippersnapper with my my, my knitted hat and my scarf and then 30 seconds in we've we've conceded and uh my granddad god rest his soul i always remember it because it's i, I can just see him saying it now he just turned to me and went get used to it you've got a lifetime of this and i didn't believe him <laughs> and then we ended up winning the game of julian dick's thunderbolt and top corner you know that's all that stuff but um it was uh yeah it had, i had that little little sprinkle of west hamness just so i it just kept me you know it just kept me on the right track so uh no it's good fun no it's it's lovely and you said that although it's a, yeah it's, it's hereditary it's a condition mm-hmm. i wasn't gonna get any other 
player a fan part of my west ham fan to be honest at all so um yeah it is what it is but uh we we live we live and learn don't we we live and learn and you'll pass that that sort of illness down to to your your children and, I think, uh, he, he loves he loves kicking a ball around he's i mean he's yeah. 18 months it's good <laughs> he's kicking all these plastic balls around the living room all day so hopefully you've got the next mark noble there in in my voice with a certain yeah no it, I know it's 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 one of those things where I mean my, my daughter she's not really I mean obviously we live in Hornchurch so we're not far we're far from Rush Green so we've been to some couple of lady yeah. games um women's games rather and she hasn't been to Upton uh, London Park obviously I keep I keep calling to Upton Park and I've been there for every year uh, to London Stadium um but she will do eventually and um yeah she's as I said it's been passed down that she hasn't got a chance of whatever goes on so I feel sorry for her sometimes I don't in other times because actually um you know i think it's character building um yes you could go and support you know i was say i almost said a proper team then but a team that wins for example um i got fired if i said a proper team um but you know what i mean that's winning whereas you know west ham it, it shows you that you know there's it's good life lessons i think you know you can't have everything you want um but when you do get what you want enjoy it because you don't know when the next time it's coming. And, and that's basically being a West Ham fan, in my view. Yeah, uh, that well, sometimes, yeah sometimes uh, chickens come home to roost, if that's the right phrase. So, you know, I, yeah. I grew up where I live now, it's northwest London, a uh, charming ex Irish place called Crickwood. And, um, but, you know, when I was a kid, everyone was Man United because they were really good. And, yeah. you know, it's winning everything. It was that era, you know, Beckham and Bitford yeah. and everything. And then you know it's not unusual now. Go, go um, London Stadium, and yeah, we we beat Man U. If that happened, yeah. when I was like, oh my god, the euphoria! I would have been elevated in social status on the playground. It's all now. It's all, yeah, see Man U not be what they used to be. It's lovely. I, I know that's a cruel way to see it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. It's one of those things where, I mean, it's yeah. I mean. I mean, teams come and go, but it's like, you know, but you know, with West Ham, you know, there's going to be, we're going to turn up three or four times a season, but you don't know when it's going to be. It's almost like, you know, it's like, it's like a jack in the box, you know, when they're going to pop out and be a really good team. So you have to watch every game um, just to, just to see it. But uh, no, it's good. And that's why I love West Ham. I just think, I just think I, I'm just a massive, I just, I literally would Although to be honest, I've interviewed lots of lots of like American hammers who get up at like half four in the morning to watch games, yeah. and I'm like, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could do that. You know, it's like I feel such a bad West Ham fan for doing yeah. it, but they have to, don't they? It's needs must for them. So um, yes, it's it's uh, it's, yeah. it's very. But uh, no, it's, it's all fun and games, right? Okay, let's move on to your eleven because I'm looking forward to this, oh. Alex. You've said it's been you know, it's, it's an eclectic mix, and uh, that sounds just how I like it. So, um, the the only rule of my hammers eleven is you have to be alive to a scene and play. Oh, I, oh. I didn't I didn't know that, but that's actually what I did. I thought I was being all cool. <laughs> but that's it. That's the point of the show. So it's okay. So it's going to be yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, obviously right. all players I've seen. Now, as aforementioned, um, my book, The Iron Circle, The Tale of Harry Thomas, is set in World War II and around the Western yeah. team there. Now, um, in that era, formations were very different to now. And yeah. um, 
So in emulating wartime West Ham formations, I've gone with a 2-3-5 formation. A 2-3-5. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's like, that's like you know, um, left off and, and and things like that, isn't it, I think? Uh, it's like <laughs> I've learned these things interviewing like older fans, more yeah. experienced fans because i never knew what like you know all these positions and left forward and left i don't know it's like well, mm-hmm. just let him go two three five okay that sounds good that sounds yeah. good we'll start off in goal because i know at the goal i know there's a goalkeeper's a position so that's it we'll start yeah, there yeah. then you can, yeah. then you can start yeah. it. <laughs> um i mean just quickly second rule is and i mean luckily our sort of conversation has kind of led up to this but i mean with everything being sort of quite down and sort of morbid at the moment obviously in the west ham world with you know sort of been a lot of stresses and growing mm. and everything i've basically picked the sort of most sort of eccentric or sort of big characters you know we've had loads of great yeah, yeah, yeah. that haven't sort of been big characters i mean that's nothing wrong with that um but now these i mean it's not even the, the best uh, 11 players i could think of it's no. sort of Basically, you know, I was talking about sort of return to the London Stadium in an ideal world where we can all hug these strangers next to us and shout really loudly. Yeah. So, what I'd pick is the sort of madcap team to walk out <laughs> in that game. Oh, the yeah. madcap team, I like that. Yeah, nice. like you know, you probably know it from your little girl, sort of the the Furchester Hotel. If anyone sees sort of kids TV, you know, sort of, rather than reviving hammerettes, we sort of have Muppets and sort of welcome to the London Stadium. So yeah, so um, you know, that, 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 that reference, this is only going to be useful to worry about are they five percent of our followers? <laughs> yeah, but these are off um, CB. that blew my mind? Yeah, I've, yeah, you know, we, yeah, Ben, we had Ben on, yeah, Ben um, Carjo yeah. from. Uh, see babies on the other day big west yeah. fan so um yeah obviously lockdown whilst i was out of work for a little bit um yeah i watched a lot of toddlers tv um yes. but yeah anyway so, so yeah so in in goal uh adrian oh yeah obviously yeah it's good stuff you know, yeah. <laughs> i mean I feel, oh, it's weird with him because i feel bad for him because well i started feeling great for him that he went to liverpool yeah, and even had them games, you know, in the in the European Cup, whatever, whichever for when it was, well, you know, saved that penalty. I thought, bloody hell, he's going places. Yeah, and then especially with that sort of seven, what was it, seven two thumping, it sort of looks a bit like sort of things have gone a bit wayside. But in terms of him at West Ham, you know, that sort of bamus attitude, um, you know, sort of talk about hearing players you know you'd be at a game you'd hear him sort of slapping his gloves and shouting yeah i feel like when we came back and beat tottenham in the carabao cup and he sort of ran the whole length of the um of the field sort of hugger uh, bonner or are you whoever scored the winner yeah uh of course the um the everton penalty you know we took his gloves off before shooting yeah. And uh, and then at Mark Noble's testimonial, when he did the same thing, missed, and then still celebrated anyway. So yeah, Adrian in goal. I mean, I, it wasn't until Fabianski that I didn't think Adrian was first choice. I thought he was much better than Hart, and I thought he was better yeah. than Rudolph. But then Lukash came along, and yeah, he's he's better. So. Yeah, and obviously, yeah, we had we had the fun of, of Roberto as well in between that. So yeah, oh, and, and, and yeah. <laughs> Someone made a point about Adrian. I can't remember I interviewed 
That's going to really annoy me now. Um, but we talk mm. about Adrian, and it might have been Ben actually thinking about it. And and literally, he said, "Could you imagine?" The thing about Adrian is, is if he'd missed that penalty against Everton, mm. he put his gloves back on. You know, it's going to pick him up. The Kings, he sort of threw him off, didn't he? Like my, total mic drop moment when he did that. Yeah. Uh, could you imagine sort of like a little little naughty schoolboy coming back and putting his gloves <laughs> on and sitting getting ready for the next uh next penalty but now he's a he's a crazy guy and i was really disappointed that we couldn't get to play him when he was when he was playing liverpool because we'd have had another chance you know not just allison in goal we would have had adrian in goal because he was always he was yeah. always capable of, of a flap wasn't the old adrian bless him yeah um, yeah i think that was his what held him back but um yeah. Also, in terms of personality, Hansani did a lot of work with um, any old irons. Yeah, he did. And yeah, I always appreciate when a player does that. You know, it's, yeah. if you want to prove to people that you're not there for money and to drive off in your Lamborghini, then yeah, you're helping out the community, your local community, and West Ham community. Yeah. So yeah. good on him for that. You know, he's, yeah, exactly. He's top guy. Love yeah. guy. Okay. And he was always um, there's there's a few of them when we used to, when we used to do the open training sessions, particularly at, at, at Upton Park. I remember he was one of the last ones, one of the last players in from training. Do you know what I mean? Right. He was one of the first players out because always the goalkeepers are out training first, aren't they? And he was always the last one in. Almost it was him, Sacco. Uh, Alex Song and, and uh, Chet Kiyote. They're the ones signing. And Adrian, I think maybe because he's got kids or whatever, you know, he was literally signing everything. You know, getting the, anyone who had an Adrian goalkeeper's jersey, he lifted them over the barrier, signed their shirt, took the picture. Next one, you know, poor bugger must have been knackered by it because everyone had an Adrian shirt, it seemed, at the end of the day. But uh, no, yeah, top guy. Right, okay, so that's the goalkeeper. Then we've got the two. Now you'll have to educate me, Alex, and tell me what the positions are. If you know what the positions are called, then, uh, then fair yeah, um, What have this been so mad and eccentric? I'm playing a bit fast and loose with um, positions. But, um, but in, so in terms of the defence, I'm, I'm going to do, if it's all right, both of them at once. Because it's yeah, kind yeah. of the same reason. So I've got on the left, Stuart Pearce. Um, you know, has, I guess before going to football, my football education was Euro 96. Sure, yeah, yeah. In eight ish. Um, and, you know, seen Psycho, seen him score that penalty and yell and Bain sticking out his neck and everything. Mm-hmm. Again, one thing about when I saw that people could do that and get away with it, <laughs> you know, without yeah. getting. Um, yeah, and. Also, you know, he's, he's a punk rock. You know, he likes his punk rock music. Oh, apparently, yeah, yeah, yeah. records in change rooms, even for England and everything. Um, and then on the right would be Dixie. Again, he's. I mean, he's one of a two or three in this. Where if you actually see them interview, they're not sort of big characters. He's sort of, no, 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 very quiet man. Excellent, but um, and I, I think it was sort of rep of him being violent. It's, bordering on an unfair i mean he was solid in yeah. what you do things nowadays would be fouls but i don't think he was sort of a malicious person i think he no, just, no, no, not at all um you know he's the only person that i ever saw um roy keen look scared of <laughs> Put it that way. i'm scared of roy keen and i've never even met him he just yeah, yeah, scared yeah. but um so having them to sort of i also with dixie about how the old story about the first time he played at upton park away for Birmingham um you know sort of, I think uh, probably butchering it saying sort of someone spat at him or something 
from the chicken run. And rather than sort of being shocked by this, he sort of thought, what, oh, this is all right. <laughs> he sort of liked that whole the song could sort of spit in, that sort of rough and ready, you know, it's yeah. a dead breed of footballer, or at least a dying breed of footballer. Okay. But yeah, got those two sort of quite, I don't want to say tough as in violent, but firm sort of punk rockers at the back. So they all, all of them have been only two fenders. I think we can trust them to sort of put up a good fight. Yeah, so uh, Julian Dixon should appear in uh, in defence. Nice, nice. I like that. Sounds good. Right, let's carry on. Let's go into the the the, the three. <laughs> yeah. So on on the left we have um, here, there, and everywhere for the sake of my dodgy formation, John Monker. There we go, John. Um, yeah, I mean he's he's one of those players that was sort of there the first time I got obsessed with football. So. Yeah. Uh, Trying to remember the season. Maths is my weak point, but um, it was when De Canio was new. If anyone remembers when we beat Barnsley six nil, yeah, it was seven ninety eight, maybe uh, around then. Anyway, yeah, um, there'll be someone like Kent Hammers will, will mention it in the description in the thing. So don't worry, <laughs> he's like my fact checker. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, John Monker. There, I mean, I always I really really liked him actually as a player. As oh yeah. Player. And of course, for the sake of this, you know, he was, he was sort of known for a lot of hijinks and sort of being quite a character in the dressing room. Yeah. Again, recycling old stories. The time when his um his training kit was was hidden, yeah. So he just walked onto the pitch um, without one on, let's just say, or, or anything. Hidden. It wasn't hidden. There was no kit left. We've had Vajan oh, on the channel. Yeah, he was brilliant. Uh, it was, and it was funny because John was like, John's a little, you know, he's when we started talking about the old days, you could see this glint in his eye, like he was like he's coming back. But yeah, he said it was like uh, there was no kit, and so he was like, right, fuck me, so I'm going out. And he just walks out completely, start bollock naked, and uh, and then Harry runs out of his office and say, John, John, we got the sky cameras in. Don't, don't, don't. And he went, well. I want some fucking kit, and, he, and then he went, okay, 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 and he basically bounced the kit man. Went, right, you always make sure that John's got a pair of tracksuit bottoms at the top, you know. And no, he was he's mental, absolutely mental. And he, obviously, we've interviewed loads of loads of players around that time as well. And yeah, the the John Monco stories are just one after the other. Crazy man, loved him. Okay, so in the centre. And then this is another sort of stabilizing force for otherwise anarchy would actually be our our very own Mark Noble. Yep. Um, another little task I did with this was also to try to keep it as recent as possible. Sure. Um, not sure why I did that to be honest, but good. Um, I mean, um, I, yeah. I, I idolize Mark Noble, you know, as, as much as you can when you get a bit older and shouldn't be idolizing people anymore. <laughs> Um, no, I've, I've, again, I'm to talk a lot about East London, and obviously, sort of leading uh, leading into the book is he's a Canning Town boy. He's sort of he, mm. I mean, everyone knows this. There's no point me going on, but the fact is, he's a local lad that yeah. succeeded. He did well for himself. He did what a lot of um, kids sort of dreamed of. Yeah. That's that sort of success story. I think he gets a lot of stick. Um, Every season, it's this. Oh, his legs gone. His his legs are gone. I mean, I think it's a bit sort of you throw enough balls in the air, and eventually one is true. I, th I think yeah, 
2020 and maybe his legs are getting a bit weak. But I think all in all, he's, um, I, you know, I, f- I think, I want to say he's un- underrated. I mean, he's, whereas he's not the best player in the world, he's, I do think he is good. And I think he's sort of served the club very well. And actually where he's put in effort actually compensates for where he might lack. Whereas where you have other players, uh, Pogba, for example, where they've got skill up to the eyeballs and an effort is sweet FA. So yeah, I'd yeah. much rather have a team of nobles than well, a team of Pogba's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so he'd be our captain, just as my tribute to him as, as a captain. I, I mean, I also remember a time when he wasn't, there was calls, calls for him to be captain. It was sort of more and more everyone was saying it. I think we still had Upson, with all due respect. Yeah. So to actually see him be tried as captain and then for him to do it for years and years, I think it's a nice thing to witness. It's a bit like Deck now, isn't it? It's a bit like Declan now yeah. in that there was, it was, you can see this sort of circle of life in that, you know, last season it was like, just give, the, you know, and even more this season, give Deck the captainship, give him. And obviously he's, a starter and Mark's not, and so Declan mm. naturally is the captain. But there, and it just seems like life repeating itself. Do you know what I mean? We hope that obviously Declan will have it as, as long as Mark Noble had it. But you know, it's uh, yeah. it's, it's it's nice to see. There's some again. There's some sort of not stability. It's the wrong word, but it's it's cyclical, isn't it? So yeah, um, yeah no, it's great, man. I love Mark Noble. He's brilliant. Yeah. And having a playing having a fan playing for your team yeah. is special. It's special. Yeah. When we got rid of Tompkins, I mean, he, it's not that he really went on to set the world alight, but sort of losing a West Ham fan that was adequate, yeah. all right. It was a bit like, you know, it's, I'm not saying it has to be a, a team of Londoners, but no. it's, some of the best players you know, haven't even been English. You know, Di Canio weren't from Plaster. You know, it's, you've got to be a bit flexible. But to have West Ham fans in a West Ham team, it'd be nice to have more of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, having a smattering, you know, I think if you, as long as you have a smattering, then you're all right because he said the modern day, the modern game, you're not going to get a, a team of 11, you know, no. new. But I think it's important, even if, even when Mark retires, which we know will be sooner rather than later, hopefully next season rather than this season, so at least get the whole season with the fans in the crowd. Um, is is that he he's still there and so i mean that's what they do now a lot of the ex-players obviously got steve potts and kevin Keane and colton yeah. and and uh nolan and, and Stuart pierce and zavon and conch and they're all part of the parcel of the team of the of the, the sort of setup and hopefully that means mark will fit into that as well which i think is yeah, they're already earmarking that's his plan i mean i was sort of sometimes think if i was him i'd ne- I don't want him to at all. If if you watch this, Mark, don't. But I don't understand if he sort of went off to like a lower league team or or abroad just for a year, just for like a new life experience. But no, I'm perfectly happy that he seems to have that thing of you know what's the phrase, own his stripes. Yes. As a um, yeah, as in sort of the what you call it, back backroom stuff, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so around a while. I mean, it's why I put him in the squad. I think he's someone that. You know, us fans should have framed pictures of in our houses. I think he's sort of it needs to be a person, normally present personality, because I think he's earned it and he's taken stick for it and he's fought hard for it. And what more do you want? Yeah, definitely. No, I totally agree. I totally agree, man. 
Um, he's a, a top a top guy. Um, right. Okay. So we're putting. Okay. So you've got Monks and Noble, and then you've got one more in that three, haven't we? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I'm reading this upside down. So if I put it this way, so on our right we've got um, uh, Cheku Kiate, which oh. I mean, again, this is going f- through sort of personality. Yeah. And um, this is more sort. He's uh, lots of sort of off the pitch, but also from what I understand and even what you sort of saw in games, he was sort of this big, loud, sort of smiley yeah. game, uh, smiley guy. Um, you know, I think he was, yeah, the first player to sort of run all the way into the crowd at the London Stadium. I think that was against Swansea, he scored a belt. There. And um, obviously that'd be a lot easier for players to do nowadays, even if they do still get booked. Yeah, um, yes. Yeah, again, that the last... Bowling season, I I thought he was really really great as well. Yeah, but um, but you know he's he's obviously a bit sort of mad. Um, you know, there's one video of him singing the pirate song. Sort of yes, really yeah, 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 yeah. The sort of sackos in the background, going, which might have been a sign of <laughs> something that we didn't know at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah apparently, he wanted to come back more recently, but it sort of fell through and. To be honest, in this real life West Ham West Ham team, not my madness. I don't think it really should take him. But in terms of a sort of bit of um, extroversion, I put Cheku Cheku Kiate. Yeah, and um, and actually, I I mean, I I know, I know as you said, obviously we said that he was a lovely bloke when it came to the player signings as well. But right. I remember once, and I've mentioned it a few times on the streams, where I was doing the announcing for the European qualifier against FC Berkakara. Do you remember we played that, the Maltese team? Um, and yeah. and yeah, When was that? That was, when? that was, it would have been at Upton Park. I can't remember exactly when it is. I'm sorry. I'm rubbing, yeah. I mean, as the team, I can't remember. Anyway, so we did that. And, yeah. um, and it was it was hilarious because no one knew any of the players' names, and I made them all up, and no one mentioned, no one sort of criticised me. So it was because he didn't know who they were. Um, yeah, I was, that's what I was. Yeah, I was sat, I was sat in the dugout with me, Cheku Kiate and Diafra Saka. They weren't in the squad; they were, they were watching. And I was sat there, and they were laughing at Fabrizio Micoli, who was the striker at the time, and Berka Carr was sponsored by McDonald's at the time. And and Fabrizio Micoli, he was a proper Italian international, ex, but he was like like me. He was a big lad with a McDonald's sign in face. He was the one that Mark Noble that the away went, hey mate, you get to call him fat. Um, and they were laughing, so I was sort of showing them on on Wikipedia that he was like he played for like all the top Italian clubs. He was Italian, and they were literally wet. It was so funny. It was so funny. But they were lovely guys, and yeah, Czech as you said, he's a big personality. And it was a, I think when he left, there was like a, I think it was a big influence, you know, because he, as you said, he was a good personality around the dressing room. But uh, yeah, they come and go, don't they? Unfortunately, but Czech was a, and that's a great, a great shout having him in the team. I think it's yeah. great, man. Right. Okay. So we've got these. This five. Yeah. I kept thinking. Right. We're coming to the end now. Then I was. No. I put everyone. Not <laughs> 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 sure. I did four years to plug plug my book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. By, by the way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, let's go. Okay. Start. Yeah. So on our right is um, 
the good London boy, Mikel Antonio. Yeah, nice. He can play anywhere. <laughs> just mm. back on the, he right. did, didn't he, to be honest? He, played, he yeah. did play. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's easier with the more recent players, but I mean, it's, as well as doing fantastic at the moment. Yeah. And, um, again, I've just said sort of London boy, but I, sort of, I do like his sort of, that personality, sort of personality, big smile on his face, sort of laughter. I mean, if I don't really f- sort of follow individual players on social media, but sometimes stuff comes in, and obviously I'm trying to with all this promo. Um, being a sort, of, it just I sort of feel sort of relate to him more. And so you can tell that he's loving life. He's appreciating where he is. I mean, that's the whole thing. Is that you know, he's always sort of dancing and loving it and, you know, sort of doesn't seem to take much for granted. Um, so there's a lot of his stories and stuff like, you know, when he was a kid, the one day that he wouldn't be playing football was the day that the scout came. So he yeah. sort of kept missing his big break, big break. And actually, you know, why? I mean, it's all, yeah, it's sort of that Nottingham Forest. And when he was signed, I think we were all respectful, but no one was sort of, Made the fuss as did when no. Alaire was bought or even uh, Fornells, you know. Um, you know, look at him now, he's our best striker. Yeah. And, and he's been here years and years. Another example of give player some time. And actually, I already used this example, but yeah, he's, he's an example of that. Yeah. So, yeah. And of course, he's, he doesn't do his dancing anymore, maybe because there's no fan. Do you know what? Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day and I was thinking, why hasn't he done the chicken dance with Kevin Nolan there? Oh yeah, surely yeah. that's too. I thought it's too. It might be too. Mate, I reckon Nolan's trademarked it. That's why. But um, what I like about Antonio is he's a grafter, so he's come through from yeah. non-league. Do you know what I mean? He hasn't been. You know, a lot of these kids today, particularly you know uh, the, the sort of the young British-based players, particularly, they've been plucked out at the age of twelve from some school team, are in the the, the academy system, and they haven't had to go to. Hamilton and Richmond on a, on a Wednesday night or go to Crawley or, you know, they haven't worked their way up and he has. And I think that's why he's so like, he, he's a bit like Jamie Vardy as well. He's the same, you know, you can tell he really pre- and enjoys playing football. Um, and, you know, I'm not being funny last Christmas, was it last Christmas? He, he crashed his Lamborghini in a, in a, wearing a snowman's outfit. So. Yeah. That sort of behavior. <laughs> it puts me off. Crashing yes, a car, yeah. good people crash yeah. cars. I just hope it wasn't <laughs> yeah. dressed as a snowman. That's the thing, you know. So it's not, you know, it's not like it was just these, you know, a lot of them just you get pictures, don't they? That they crash it in a in a in a tunnel on the AO four hundred six or something like that, and the, the police are there. No, it was a picture of him literally by the by the car dressed as a snowman. It's like, well, okay, all right, Mikel, all right, fair enough, should, mate. If you lived in that in a house, you'd be fuming. Oh, you'd be absolutely, of course, you would be yeah. fuming. But that's the it's type of thing that you know it is. But it's the type of thing that you'll still be talking about now. Yeah. Oh, do you remember the time when Mikel Antonio crashes Lamborghini? There'll be the, there'll be the, he's the kid at school would be the kid who knows because obviously you know, no doubt that he that Antonio obviously had to had to work out all the insurance and stuff. And obviously knowing him, he's probably you know he probably you know I got oh, some yeah. tickets to us. Yeah, if that family didn't follow football, though, maybe a big muscle yeah. bloke 
dressed as this <laughs> <laughs> motor in your front garden wouldn't be quite so funny. Exactly. Yeah. Who's this guy? This guy. Oh, oh, some guy. He's got his got his Lamborghini. Christ knows what he's going to do. That happened once. I remember when I was in when I when I lived in my old house and two doors up, um, it was a a, a getaway car. And they plow. It was like a full focus. It's worst get getaway car in the world you probably get. And it crashed into into their front garden. And that was like that was the news of the close for about a week. You know, it's like you know, it's quite a boring place. But uh, no, good old Mikhail. Right, you got me. Uh, yeah, yeah. I shall go on to this. Um, so uh, I don't even know how to word these now. <laughs> what? Just, um, just, just go fine. Just, uh, just right. go. Uh, just do it. The next one. Just, uh, it doesn't really matter the formation. It's sweet that yeah. you've got one. But yeah, uh, you just go for the next one. Go on. So we have a man that I'll describe as um, the best player I've ever seen in a West Ham shirt. When it, when it, I find it. When it, I find it. I find it for you. Say it. Let me find it. Let me find it. Uh, two seconds. Two seconds. Let me find it. Let me find it. Uh, yep. There we go. Go on. Carry on. Sorry. <laughs> so, no. sorry. What? Sorry. Okay. Go on. <laughs> carry on. Oh bless! It. <laughs> Imagine if he was really good. Anyway, um, but no, yeah, yeah. The, um, our man Paolo Di Canio. Yeah, it's partly. I mean, this this kid, by the way, is is an original. It's about twenty years old. It's not this. Wow! Well played, man. Well played. Oh, you can't see on my rubbish camera, but back when I had a cat when I was a kid, they've all these all like <laughs> big bits all out. The heck, all the heck. Yeah, this is one of them new that's ones, cool, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I got I've got a new one and it's impressive, the new ones, but yeah, well, that's the original man. Yeah. You can tell. Fantastic uh, man. Yes, that's a tribute. I mean it's I think I I love the Kenya. Yeah. In in a way, I said to my mum once, she's she's palace, she's not even West Ham, but I said, like, Oh, you know, he's like opera. Not just because he's Italian, it's but that just, I don't know, I don't know what you call it. And she said, yeah. like, no, 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 because opera's music. He said, it's like ballet. And that's yeah. a thing I think we always talk about that goal, but that goal just is like the um, the epitome of the Canio, that Wimbledon goal, you know, the yeah, 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 yeah. beautiful pass. Uh, in a way, it's, uh, losing my religion is the epitome of the Van REM, you know, everything good sort of met in one moment, or this season is Mikel yeah. Antonio meeting, you know, but, um, you know, just the way he played, even his penalties, the, I'm going to say it wrong, what Lukman tried the other day, the pink Pinelka, yeah, the loopy one. You know, when he done that and when he scored that Wimbledon goal, and um, you know, it's all sort of like time slows down. So with the penalty, the ball goes slow. It's sort of, yeah. <gasps> it's going to go over, it's going to go over, and then it sort of falls down, and then just that simultaneous release of, um, you know, the goal happening in the cheer. And again, the way I'm talking about two goals for about one hour of that, that Wimbledon goal. Yeah. The way you know, sort of, sort of karate kicks in the air, but it's, it's sort of like sort of slow down. So, oh, oh, yeah, oh. yeah. Then in, and you just, I mean, I remember. I think I was at his debut again as a kid. Uh, you sort of hoofing balls over the, you know, the Bobby Moore stand and everything. So I remember thinking, oh great, this isn't going to work. Who's it? this bloke? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, sort of little little tricks without it just and then stuff coming from it as well i mean i've he sort of is the west Ham way really in terms of how yeah, he, yeah, yeah. you know it's um the way he sort of run for a whole team i mentioned earlier now you know you could see west Ham beat man united well you know 
you know, we got a winner against Man United at a time when we never beat Man United. So yeah, he's all that, that sort of Harry era, and then a little bit of um, Roder afterwards. Yeah, was fantastic, and I sort of feel he he led it. I mean, uh, there's also the reality that apparently uh, sort of unsettled the dressing room and whatnot and whatnot. But we don't really have to pay attention to that, you know. No, the, the way no. he played was just yeah. fantastic. You know, and it, and he was and he was like his own one man show, wasn't he? It was a one man show, really, in terms of not 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 his not his football ability, but just the whole way he played, the way he was, the way he conducted himself on the pitch. And you would go every game; you'd be excited to go and see what's the Canio doing this week. You know, what's yeah. what's what what one are we going to get? You know, it's so many personalities that is that what the Canio? Are we going to get the sublime football player? Are we going to get the petulous, you know, yeah. toddler? We we don't know. Are we going to get both? Who knows? But no, it was, it was an absolute showman absolute showman yeah. i mean i, I would have put him in if he was sane but also for my you know my fiends he's he's completely bonkers as well so yeah, <laughs> really yeah, absolutely like and we've had loads of obviously obviously he appear i think he is the most picked player i believe it's under him or julian one of them and um and basically obviously everyone has a story everyone has a everyone seems to have a paolo story and um and some of them are just completely nutters he's a complete box of box of you know what do they call it box of nuts or whatever. Yeah. one of you know there's one where and i always talk about it where mick mick clifford he was interviewing him for scandinavian hammers right. and he was at chad or heath and i think yeah. the team were playing the cup game he wasn't picked and he was there it's in pouring rain and all we could hear for like 40 minutes when he was waiting for Paolo to come out to the interview was someone whistling the Paolo Di Canio song. <laughs> like, and then like 40 minutes later, Paolo walks out of the doors, like steam, like he'd be in the shower for like 40 minutes with like a towel around his arm, around his shoulders, one wrapped around it. It was him singing his own bloody song. And uh, you know what I mean? I loved him. And then he just, and he went, Oh, I forgot. I've got the interview. Haven't I? Then he uh-huh. just jumps in his car. He's a mixed car with a, just a towel around him. And they start the conference, start the interview for like an hour and a half. But yeah, top bloke. Lovely. lovely. But, you know, I think, cause you know, he still does it now when, all this lockdown stuff started. He, he just put up a little video of him doing kickups in his back yeah. garden in yes. Italy. Yeah, singing bubbles. Singing bubbles whilst doing kickups. in wearing a West, sort of retro West Ham shirt. I think. A re- that's what I wanted to say. That it was a retro West Ham. It wasn't like one of his own match worn shirts, like you know, like something you'd like. like he, he's his agent's gone to get it, or he's you know, there's there's been some sort of purchase been made, or, or some sort of transfer of goods for him yeah. to get that shirt. So yeah, it was like a 1950s one, wasn't it? But yeah. I mean, and he's got a West Ham tattoo, so fair play. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, one of the tattoos we've all talked about that he has <laughs> one of yeah, yeah, we're not all of them here always uh well someone mentioned it's probably the only um he's probably got the only autobiography which has got a, a recipe for tiramisu in it so um i am going to find that and do it for my next uh my next baking channel so my next baking episode the canyo tiramisu so yes yeah, so it's a request for that can, what's that can i do a request for your recipe of course, of course you can because like, let's be honest, in this modern gentrified London, what we're, <laughs> we're all in, yep. you know, pie and, pie and mash shops are closing. I know uh, Nigel Khan from... Um, they're, they're, they are beautiful. Pie and mash are beautiful. My, my, my mother-in-law says they're smashing. And that is like a five-star review. 
because she okay. doesn't like anything that she likes. Yeah, they don't come to Crickwood. I live too far. I, I support an East London team. All my jobs are in East London, and yet I live yeah. in West London. So, um, yeah. Well, yeah, I, well, I don't think I could do pie and mash justice, I'll be honest. London, you know, I've written a whole damn book about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, um, but I was going to say, I, quickly, I think sort of the Kenya sort of mad sort of personality matched us, you know. Yes. Yeah, it was a marriage, wasn't it? Yeah. It's all weird. He sort of fitted the collective personality, you know, for yeah. some obviously grew up in a in the other side of a continent and well, I don't know, I mean Italian football is I think it's I've never been to a game, this is second hand info. I'm not claiming yeah. too much, but I think it's got a lot of what our football might have lost a bit. And I'm not sort of talking about bottlings and fist fights and but I mean just I uh, I mean. something that was around when that stuff was around, you know, that's all. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of things I don't know the words for. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And it, but also, similar, similarly, um, I think with, with Paolo, I think you've got. Yeah, I think it's it's the edge. It's this invisible thing that happens, and you don't know how to yeah. find it. It happens. By God, it happens. And I, I think football does that. I don't care about other sports, but football tickles that spot for a slightly creepy metaphor. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think that's why we all love it, really. Yeah, and he's yeah. what I liked about Paolo was he just, and I, I think also the reason why he took to us so much is because, to be fair, if if we hadn't picked him up after he pushed that referee over, we don't his career wouldn't have been what it was because he wasn't putting. He, I mean, he was playing well at Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday. Him and Carboni were doing well, but he wasn't pulling up trees. He wasn't the Decania that he was after he left West Ham. Do you know what I mean? And by joining West Ham, he resurrected his career and he became in the same ilk, not saying as as Bergkamp and Zola and Omri, Decanio, Wright. He became in that in that group of people. And I don't think that would have happened if he wasn't at West Ham. And uh, that's why I think he has that sort of allegiance for us. But um, yeah, anyway, let's move on. So we've got Paolo, PDC is in. Who's next? Who's next? Just- you just mentioned him, Ian Wright. Oh, do you know what? Now, the amount of times I do that, I do apologise. The amount of times I literally... No. Okay, right. So I won't mention uh, Jonathan Clary or John Carew because I don't want to pick your last two. But yeah, let's talk about Wrighty. Good shout. Um, yeah, so, I mean, now... Oh, I, don't, I won't bang on too much. I don't actually sort of rate him. I'll be more neutral. I, he's not my favourite pundit in the world. And yeah. Even when he was playing for us, he did a lot of like a lot of stuff that identified him with Arsenal. I mean, I know you know that's the club that made him and he loves it, but I sort of I found that a bit off-putting. But um, but no, and he was a great player for us, and to sort of fit that eccentric card now, yeah, and not criticizing too much. I think he sort of exaggerates it a bit now. I think he's playing a, a character, but. Hey, that's yes. what happened. Well, I think but, I think they all do. I think they all do. Do you know? I think it's all it's all it's a character. It's like when we had. To, I mean, back in the day, you had like you know your Martin Allen's and stuff like that. Martin Allen plays mad. You know, when I interviewed Martin Allen, he was eating a dog biscuit. Do you know what I mean? It's like no one eats dog biscuits. Um, you're just doing it because you're the mad dog, and there's nothing wrong with that. But um, but yeah, no. It's, and again, so even John Moncur, John Moncur in his 
in this sort of towards his twilight years at West Ham. He was there for nine years, I think Monks was. You know, towards the end when he wasn't getting the team, he was doing all the jockeying behind the lines, playing a bit like the Joker when he was on the on the touchline, which was great. But it was him playing a a role, wasn't it? And he said, right, he was playing a role. But we loved it. Yeah. We loved it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I'm sort of into my rock music for that broad category, and um. I mean, I really like this band Red Hot Chili Peppers and their bass player, sort of Flea. He always, yeah. I say recently, it's probably 10 years ago, but he said it, he sort of says that when he's on stage, he feels like he still has to do that kind of, ah, blah, 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 blah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, so he's like older now, but he's, it's like Gene, it's like yeah. it's Kiss and Gene Simmons, isn't it? He's like 60 odd, but he still does the tongue stuff. And it's like, yeah. come on. But the guitarist, so John Frusciante in this thing, is sort of saying to him, no, you don't. You can yeah. stand there and like that and just go boom like beetle sort of stand up so yeah but it's, I, I guess people feel they owe a lot to this persona yeah. and then you know we all change as we get older we all mature but they feel they sort of have to be stuck in that in his case sort of topless sort of mad sort of waving your bum in the air and stuff i mean which, which is entertaining but i i think maybe sacrifice entertaining for yourself sometimes but anyway that's my advice and flee from the cheetah flippers, so maybe I'm punching yeah, above my isn't it? Hogan's about 70, isn't he? And the Undertaker and all these, and they still do the same skit they did 30 years ago, you know, just because it's what they're known for. And it's uh, it's the same as Flea, as you said, exactly the same. And, and a bit like right, right, he, you know, he, he played that sort of cheeky guy, you know. yeah, yeah, but anyway, yeah, um. Right, he had good celebrations as well, actually. I mean, he's motive, and that sort of led my dad to explain to me the song, you know, come on, come on, do the locomotion with me. Sorry for my singing. Yeah, I love that song just because Ian Wright danced it once after a goal. Please tell me this is true and not some weird Freudian dream. I remember him getting his bum out once. There seems to be a nudity theme in my thing. I think it's Newcastle, or maybe he didn't even score, but I should have Googled this first. I seem to remember him getting his, his bottom I'm out. Sure, I'm sure if he right. did, someone would go, yes, they were there. So, um, but no. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> You can imagine. I mean, I, I mean that that era. I remember that era very clearly. In that, you know, obviously we had people like Razor Ruddock, people like that, and and Razor Woods, um, you know, and, and Moncur. I remember them doing their lap of. It was when it was a lap of honor, not a lap of appreciation. You know, that's what they, they they changed it a few years, didn't they? It was lap of honor, and then it became a lap of appreciation, um, the lap of honor, and they would be fully clothed, suited and booted. By the end of the, by the time they got around all the four stands. They were practically naked. They were throwing their their shirts in the crowd, their shoes. You know, they basically just had their, their boxers on. And that was it. But um, and right, he was one of them, weren't he? He's like one of those lads. And uh... but again, this this sort of sterilization of football. I mean, when when Lanzini scored that beauty against Tottenham the other day, yeah. This is revealing a lot about me. I didn't know, but I was I was so happy that he took his kit off, I took his shirt off. You know, it's um yeah. I don't get, you know, we've sort of gone back to some weird Victorian thing where, oh, no, a man has his shirt off in front of children. Oh, so, like, I thought it was yeah. crazy. But it's also it's just a little But, yeah, so it's all, the punishments came with that. I thought, I mean, even yeah. my old man was so mad about it. It's not that 
you know, sort of big thing about seeing men topless. But again, I, I think what I'm trying to address in all of this and in the, this lovely book that I've written is tribalism. And not yeah. as us versus them or we hate them. It's not about hatred. It's about community and it's about also being a bit raw and sort of primal. You know, again, I got, I loved going football because I could stand up and swear and shout. If I did that on the tube, I'd get arrested. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if you anywhere else, you get sectioned. Yeah. I, until what is, I could go to a building with, loads of other people that have the same emotion as me every week one way or another and yeah. just be mad like again madness and tribalism is my overriding thing <laughs> so yeah so madness ian right um next i would like to go on to one of the gents that's still floating around the club mr colton cole oh lovely over chuffed yeah, again, he's he's more of a lovable personality than a sort of batshit mental one. Um, but I picked him with this theme basically because of sort of the weird goals that he used to score. Yeah. Or accidentally score, you know, <laughs> turn around with a <laughs> turn around to look and it will sort of deflect off his shin, or you know, he, he'll scuff a shot wide and then it will sort of ricochet off a player and completely. Yeah. You know, I mentioned them already. Actually, I'll, I'll give them loads of shouts. I, I like the guys, but the stop hammer times. They also have a running, or they've had running jokes about, you know, two men will cross the pitch holding a sheet of glass, and Colt and Cole will walk through it, or the front of the house would fall down, and you'd be in the window. You know, I'm obviously reusing someone else's humour for my own gain here, but you know, it's, it's that sort of slapstick scoring. That's that's what I should have said. Colt and Cole's always had slapstick scoring. I like it. Yeah, I like weird. Uh, or even but, when you do it right, that goal against Tottenham, where yeah, again I can't remember the year, but you know he sort of backed a goal, picked it up, turned, smashed a granny out of it into the top. It was amazing. But then he sort of made <laughs> balanced the universe out by setting up Defoe for. And that Colton Cole, he epitomised West Ham because he was a West Ham player. In the same way, West Ham turned out three or four times a season. Colton Cole did three or times three or four bits of worldy football. A season you think where the fuck's that what seriously where's that been for like his old career and then he as you said re rebalanced the universe and uh <laughs> yeah, and, and oh, i love i love him i think he's great when he was on soccer am the other day and he was absolutely crap we've had a couple of the boys on who, uh, who were on soccer am and uh that day the west ham lot and he was absolutely oh, yeah, yeah. oh he was shocking absolutely shocking and they gave him the ball to take the penalty and there was any afterwards. Like, I don't know why I bothered with that with Colton. It's like she's just giving it to to Gene. You just smashed it. But yeah, he's brilliant. I, I mean, he's a, he's a lovely bloke, isn't he, Colton Cole? He comes across so well. Everyone but loves. You just mentioned Ginge and um and Colton Cole. You know, we're talking about how great it is to have West Ham fans play for us, and obviously we're meaning people that like us, kids. Yeah. West Ham then fighting for the cause. But actually, you think. But all them people that like Ginge, obviously, he wasn't he grow up West Ham. He's from Wales. But no, yeah. I think he sort of generally counts himself as a West Ham fan, not just he likes to go because he's he used to work there and knows loads of people. Yeah. I think, never got it wrong, but I think he now sort of identifies as one of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, as well, I, I don't think he grew up supporting West Ham. Um, but no, uh, he's, he, he wanted to stay around, you know, and he's then gone into the training role. So we do seem to sort of make people like us. Obviously, you could say gives examples of the opposite, where you know, sort of players sort of walked off in a half. But, uh, oh well, but I think it's sort of good that we 
convert people like you know decanio just talking about it for ages you know we obviously yeah. converted him with some of our lovable charm and you know just hope we can rebuild you know get that back and and go when we return yeah so, uh, yeah no and you're right he's, he's he's one of those i just think he's um I just, oh, I just think he's lovely. <laughs> I, just, I really like. Yeah. I think one of those guys that you, you can't not hate. Um, he, he, we, we love a, we love a trier. God loves a trier, and so do West Ham. And I just think he's great. I just think he was a lovely bloke, and so we were, uh, yeah. And yeah. and it's nice to see him still around the club. You know, he talks so highly of the club. Obviously, he does all the stuff with Chris on Iron United, and that's really funny. And. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good, actually. The United stuff, and it's it's good fun. Um, it's not as fun as as, as my Hammers Eleven. Um, but it's 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 good. It's good. Yeah. It's it's no it's no my Hammers Eleven, but yeah, it's, it's you know it's something what to watch. You know, yeah. I, love, I love Chris. He's all right. Um, but yeah, no, he's a top guy, Carlton. And I think if you're having this sort eccentric, um, enigmatic, um, eleven, he has to be in it. Mm. Carlton has to be in it in the modern era. Um. Uh, and there's one more spot. Oh, there's one more spot. So this will be on the far on the right, on the furthest right. Yeah. Um, but this is a player. His personality seemed quite sort of philosophical and subdued. Yet, sort of on the pitch, you know, he he seems sort of mad. You know, he miss a free kick and sort of rip his shirt. I mean, Soccer AM had a skit about him as an incredible Hulk. <laughs> um, I've intentionally not said the name, but um, but also I've put in him as a bit of a testimony because he's someone I thought was fantastic. A lot of people compared him to Di Canio. I'm not sure how accurate that was after them both being Italian, um, which it sort of annoys me when people do that. They compare people because of something kind of slight, mostly relevant. But anyway, it's a player I really think we should have kept. We didn't. I think he used to play mad football and really had a lot of fashion. And that is a man called Alessandro Diamanti. Yes. And I absolutely rated him at the time. Yeah. He had that sort of carries, uh, charisma. Yes. But I thought, you know, that, that era was, was tough. That sort of Zola era. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, but I, thought, I thought, actually thought he was a bit of a gem in it. I mean, it might be, medium fish in a wobbly pond but I, <laughs> I, I really wish we kept them i thought he showed a lot of promise a lot of fight again what i've mentioned about sort of dicks and pierce is he, he kind of had that especially when he had that shaved head that sort of slight sort of, looked like a sort of italian sort of punk rocker you know he's sort of real up for the metaphorical fight of the game yeah and that's that's what we liked so yeah I've, I've, him though i would i'll have to put more or less in any yeah. I'll do and yeah I think I think he deserved more at our club than what he got so I'm trying yeah, to I agree. He, he was like it was funny we was interviewing um we was interviewing uh, I've just had a really bad deja vu how is that I just um <laughs> like I've ever been doing this before but um no we were interviewing uh Frank Newbell um do you remember the big big yeah. Frank big striker yeah he was he was good yeah top bloke really really fun interview um that will come out that'll have been out before your one comes out anyway so people have already seen it so oh. it's no like 
no spoiler. Um, but with Frank, we we spoke about that Zoda era, and he picked Diamante in his team as well, and and he's still fuming because he, on his on his debut, Diamante didn't uh, could have easily passed it to him to score oh, his man, debut. That was Arsenal, I think. Yeah, was yeah, Arsenal? Yeah, yeah, I was in oh. a pub with with my mate James Shelley, you know, Ella. <laughs> um, yeah, in Cambridge because I, I used to live there longer. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So, Irrelevant, but yeah, and no, I remember remember that well. I remember Nubel running by his side. Yeah, there's one of them where it's just like, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Should he pass it? Should he carry on? If he does one and it goes wrong, he should have done the other. But yeah, yeah. he's and it was funny because he was talking about time and that that time that Zola time. I mean, he was at the club for three years and he'd seen three changes of manager, a change of ownership, a relegation, and a promotion albeit he was out on loan and stuff, but still that was a really turbulent time at West Ham. That's mm. sort of the Grand Allardyce bit. And so, you know, it's uh we look at how we've been, you know, recently, that was a really turbulent time <laughs> even more so. And then you came in with Zola and he was like Zola was like always with the young kids playing and all this type of thing. Then Grant comes in, he's completely the other way, you know, just wants experience and stuff. But uh no yeah, top top like but with, with these managers though, I mean um, Rhoda or um, Zola or even Pellegrini, is, we sort of all remember them as oh, flops, really. But you think all of them had like uh, Zola, I guess, half season, but all of them in the first season in which they were there in some way, they actually did all right. But then yeah. the yeah. second, uh, give or take, second or third season, the wheels fell off the bus, and that's what we remember. So I just I guess a bit of a pointless <laughs> fact, but I just thought, you know, a lot of these managers, oh, it all went wrong. They all went wrong the second season. All right, the first season. Like the same way. Yeah, we're good. We we're positively good. And yeah. 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 I don't know. Anyway. Oh, it's, but, just, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because as you said, it's like one of those things where, you know, for me, it's, it's that second, and it's uh, to be honest, it's been a lot of players that have been like that as well. You know, you go through back, you know, Sebastian Cheryl, he was Ham of the Year first year, second year, he cut like Samson, he was shit. Uh, Ilunga, Ilunga came on loan. It was, it was always when players came on loan, they came on loan, they were really good. As soon as we offered them a contract, they were shit, yeah. you know. You know, it was uh, it was <laughs> just one of those yeah. Come um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it happens a lot, it does happen uh, a lot, so, yeah. But even, yeah. even Pyatt. I mean, I, I guess he did leave, so it was only normal that he wasn't as enthusiastic the first um, London Stadium season. Yeah. You know, his always best bits, apart from that one goal, really, against um, Middlesbrough, was, was at Upton Park. You know, it's, again, I'm talking about crescendos and times when all things come together. That's what happened at Upton Park. You know, highest yeah. career peak to there. It's almost like that one building did him the favor you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's it's true and it was we were in a bit quasi spiritual but <laughs> if anyone's interested in all this it's very loosely addressed in the iron circle the tale of ham uh, of harry thomas available on amazon exactly very good well yeah no it, it, 90 minutes you know I'm, I'm muttering and gasping i've had such a oh. mess but I've, I've yeah i've loved this oh it's, it's mate that do you know Before, what uh, my mayor's been before this. <laughs> that sounded wrong. No, it's all it's all good, man, and it's it's yeah. lovely because it because like people, and you know at the moment you know the, 
the world's a shit place at the moment, isn't it? So it's like anytime we can have an hour, I mean, you know, people were sat listening to an hour, you know, it's almost a game of football. And they can listen, they can switch off, listen to your thought, your memories, then that will trigger their memories. And that's all that this channel's about, man. It's just about recalling mm. these memories, giving people a chance to talk about and plug the book, but like uh, mm-hmm. giving people a chance to talk about their time at Western because your experience is different from someone else's and yours, your experiences and your memories will trigger off things like Ian, mm. like Ian Wright, for example. My, my memory of Ian Wright, when obviously, when we'd always, because obviously I'd get, I'd get the phone call from, from the, whoever was sponsoring, whoever was the, the person looking after the sponsors, who's the man to match? And so I'd get the phone call, you know, five minutes before I end the kickoff. And it, yep, okay. Ian Wright may have literally just walked on the pitch and he was always man of the match because obviously yeah. he then goes to meet the sponsors to get the get the trophy. There was once we literally came on as in like an 80th minute sub and I remember him winning man of the match. And so that's my <laughs> overriding memory of, and obviously, you know, you think Ian Wright, you think Neil Ruddock, you think that, that celebration, um, when it did the Canio celebration, and then obviously two months later, oh, or something like yeah. that, yeah, yeah. I spoke to and asked Neil about that. I was like, What happened? He went, to be honest, Paolo literally came over to us and goes, Oh, he just caused a, a couple of crazy bastards, put his arm around him like that. You are you crazy bastards, and that was it. That that was that was all that was said about it, but uh, yeah, and uh, no, it was, it's brilliant. No, I love it, man. It's, it's it, I love doing, talking to people, and obviously, really appreciate it. And obviously. As always, the book's available on Amazon. We'll put a link in the description. So make Please. sure you check it out. Lovely Christmas present for any West Ham fan or any ghost hunt, ghost story fans yeah. as well. So thank you so much for your time, Alex. I really appreciate it. That's okay. It's been great, actually. Yeah. And obviously, absolute pleasure, man. And thanks to everyone for watching as well. So if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like and share. If you're watching on Spotify podcasts, uh, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Give it a like, give it a share. And from me and Alex, take care, everyone. Stay safe, wash your hands, come in your irons, and we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. Much love. See ya. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.